Welcome to the Pinocchio Project. I'm your host, Mitch Friedman. Ideas have consequences, and every day you're exposed to ideas that promise human flourishing. Our mission here on the Pinocchio Project is to equip you to examine these everyday ideas so that you can determine for yourself whether or not they deliver on their promises. Welcome to the Pinocchio Project. This is your host, Mitch Friedman, joined as always by my trusty partner in sound engineering, Jeff Olson. Hello, Jeff. I gave Jeff an opportunity to speak into the mic so you can see he's actually a real person, or at least he has a voice, uh, but he declined. He's such a tremendous behind the scenes servant. He waves at everybody. So, hello, everybody out there in Pinocchio Project land. Uh, today, I want to talk about deep cuts. The title of this episode is Deep Cuts with Jesus. Uh, music fans, especially those who grew up in the vinyl era and the uh, radio bloom to popularity movement where uh, songs became popular based on the amount of times they were put on the radio per hour. The deep cuts on an album are those non-radio singles on an album uh, by an artist, uh, which tend to be often underplayed, and maybe some of the older songs as well. So a deep cut refers to a less known or less popular cut uh, from an artist. And usually fans who are really into the artist will know these, these deep tracks or these deep cuts, uh, but not the most casual fans or listeners. And so I want to discuss briefly what I would call deep cuts with Jesus and so if I could now put it into uh, uh, Jesus' sayings, a deep cut refers to uh, a statement, uh, an exposition, an explanation, a command, uh, or some other type of, of verbal instruction from Jesus, which is not often played uh, through our pastor's voices at church or through our uh, popular uh, Christian radio stations or maybe some of our other media celebrities or influencers that uh, are associated with Christian life. So a deep cut would be something from Jesus, uh, obviously very important, that we don't often hear. And if you don't read your Bible very often and uh, you're not in the Gospels, those four stories about Jesus, the deep cuts you will never be exposed to. And so I think uh, one of the uh, the maladies, if you will, or the symptoms or the syndromes of uh, busy people in the West is we're usually familiar with uh, not the deep cuts with Jesus, but the shallow cuts. And I would offer that unless I avail myself of the deep cuts as well as the shallow cuts, I will never get a complete picture of the uh, majesty of Jesus's identity and also the full magnificence of what he desires of me that brings me into uh, a satisfying life, uh, as difficult as it may be to hear. Uh, deep cuts with Jesus are probably our deep cuts with Jesus because uh, we don't really like to hear them very often. Um, uh, so what I'd like to do before I get into what I would call some of my uh, uh, important deep cuts with Jesus that have been influential and important in my life is give an example of uh, how we often just uh, consume the shallow cuts from Jesus, those that, that aren't, uh, they're very important, and they need to be uh, consumed and, and digested and then become part of our lives. 
Uh, they're just not necessarily as, as deeply challenging as some other uh, statements from Jesus, commands from Jesus. Uh, John 13, 34, uh, coming in on my uh, daily edition that's put in my text uh, inbox, a new commandment I give you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, so you also must love one another. Uh, so that's what I would call a shallow cut from Jesus, not because it's not important, but it's one of the ones we, we hear a whole lot. Uh, here's a good one. Uh, this is for those who are worn out. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Uh, that makes me want to just... That's an important, important text, and I hear it a lot. Uh, it's, it's what I would call a, a more shallow or popular cut uh, from Jesus. Matthew 5.16, another uh, investment installment in my inbox. Uh, Let your light so shine before men uh, that they see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Very important. And so uh, these are just a few samples of what comes into my inbox that I would call popular uh, cuts with Jesus, and I would say shallow in the sense of they're not as deeply challenging or convicting. And I need the deep cuts with Jesus because I need to be constantly challenged and convicted because I'm just a couple of bad choices away from losing my way and uh, wandering outside the sheepfold, outside the guardrails of of gospel safety and start living life for my own purposes again. Uh, outside of the law of Jesus, I become the autonomos, the law unto myself. Uh, so let me just uh, uh, tell you what I haven't seen as a daily installment of uh, sayings from Jesus, and I would, I'll be surprised if this ever shows up. Uh, for example, let's go with uh, from Luke 6, verse 46. Now, this is from what we call the Sermon on the Plain. It's similar uh, in flow and content to some degree as the Sermon on the Mount that we see in Matthew 5. I'll get to the Sermon on the Mount in just a minute. Uh, from Luke 6, uh, verse 46, a question from Jesus, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Uh, I think that's a really good question that I need to be reminded of often uh, in, my, in my walk with Jesus and my desire to live a life uh, worthy of the calling that I've received. Uh, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? So just pause and think about that a minute. Have you ever seen that in your inbox? Have you ever, uh, have you ever seen it uh, come across popular Christian radio? Have you ever, hopefully you've heard it uh, from the platform, if you go to church and uh, you hear preaching regularly. Hopefully this is part of the preaching regimen, but I would call this one of the deep tracks uh, from Jesus because it's it's basically him saying, uh, you say I'm your Lord, uh, but then you don't follow me in obedience. I've told you what the benefits are of being obedient, uh, the rewards of being safe, stable, unshakable in storms. Uh, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and and don't follow through? Don't do what I say. That's one of the deep tracks. Uh, you know, there, there are dozens of deep tracks of Jesus. Here's, here's some other examples. Also from uh, now, as we move to the Sermon on the Mount, uh, from Matthew 5 to 7, I don't have the text pulled up, but it's certainly in my brain because I've exposed myself to these deep tracks often enough that they're part of my fabric, and I need that, as I keep saying. Uh, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut that thing off. 
Now, it's obviously a hyperbolic statement, but it's a very plain statement of my need to fight my depravity and avoid sin because of the destruction that sin causes. Jesus says, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, because it's better to enter heaven, enter the kingdom maimed with a hand amputated than to be fully formed and thrown into the pit. Uh, So have you ever seen that, Jeff, come through on any of your uh, installments, people putting text in in, in your inbox for daily encouragement and nourishment? I haven't seen that one either. Uh, along the same lines, anatomically, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck that sucker out. Because it's better to go into your reward missing an eye. Arg! I don't know if there's a patch involved there. Better to go missing an eye than to go into the pit fully formed. That's a deep track, wouldn't you say? I think that's a really deep track. Uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount is rich in deep tracks, as well as a, a good variety of popular tracks as well. Uh, probably the scariest deep track for me from the Sermon on the Mount, and this is going to uh, close out our time together, uh, and it's scary uh, not because it's particularly more challenging or graphic than uh, the, the previous deep tracks that we mentioned, but that it's a statement from Jesus, uh, hypothetically, to someone who has already lived their life in the natural sense and breathed their last and is ready for the evaluation of whether or not the kingdom or the pit is the next destination. In Matthew 7, which is the final chapter, as we know, of the Sermon on the Mount, and toward the end of that final chapter in verse 21, Jesus has been talking previously about false teachers uh, who, who promise flourishing, uh, but their fruit is toxic. And then he makes a statement of what I would call uh, the reality of toxic disciples or false disciples. He says here, verse 21, going through verse 23, Jesus says, and this is a deep track, y'all, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. And so this is a, this is a statement of calling out to Jesus in expectation. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And I'm okay with that right now, uh, as far as the how the statement is running so far, because I'm fairly convinced that my main orientation is to do the will of God. But then he kind of, I don't know if it's like he flips the script, because we talk about activities and religious goods and services that are dispensed and religious practices that we pursued. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, same, same call. Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? And then Jesus pulls the rug out from under the entire conversation. He opens the trap door. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. This is a deep track, y'all. And if this doesn't cause you pause 
then you, you might want to consider what it means to actually have a pause button as you consider your commitment to Jesus. Because uh, it's evident here that there are some claiming, Lord, Lord, that are false disciples. And, and it seems that the focus is on all of the things, all of the religious goods and services, all the groceries that they provided to Jesus for the kingdom's sake, but it was not done out of a primary affection and subordination and devotion to Jesus himself. It, it, was, it was a religious practice without a personal connection to the Savior. This is frightening to me as a pastor uh, because I have distributed and dispensed many religious goods and services, some good groceries, if you ask me, uh, over the years. And it, it, it's so starkly terrifying to imagine myself in the shoes of one saying, Lord, Lord, did I not preach regularly, prophetically, and did I not pray for those who had demon oppression and maybe possession? And in your name, as I served you, see many miracles of restoration and reconciliation and salvation. And then to to stand and hear from him that I never knew him, that I wasn't primarily connected to my Savior personally, and then to be called an evildoer as I am literally shunned and turned away uh, from residence in the kingdom of heaven. I actually don't really know what to do with this other than to hit my knees, fall on my face, and refresh my commitment to the person of Jesus Christ and not the practice of Christianity. This is a deep cut with Jesus, and there are many more of these. So I want to encourage you, uh, consume everything you can from the biblical text, but don't be satisfied with what I would call the buttercream icing uh, that is somehow... Uh, to be the primary diet of the, of the believer. I want to encourage you to get into the meat under the icing. Ooh, that's a, that's a gross word picture. That's like a T-bone with like, uh, like with confetti, like icing. That doesn't work. I guess what I want to say is seek the pure, nourishing, convicting, life-changing, deep cuts of Jesus as part of your diet as well. For the Pinocchio Project, this is Mitch Friedman, signing off. Thanks so much for being with us on the Pinocchio Project today. If this podcast has value for you, please subscribe or follow. Give us a five-star rating and share. If you have an everyday idea you'd like to submit for us to examine, simply email us at pinocchioprojectpod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at pinocchiopod or you can hit the links in the show notes below. Thanks again for listening. And remember, your everyday ideas have significant consequences.